Hello and welcome. My name is Andrew and this is the Who Dat Discussion, a New Orleans Saints podcast where we talk about all Saints news, opinions, and reactions. So I think we should just get right into this Saints game. First off, just Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates and the Saints got a great presence under the tree this Sunday as they defeated the Steelers 31-28 in a thriller at the Superdome. I mean, I think we should just get right into it. Probably be a little shorter episode because basically we'll just be recapping the Saints and Steelers. I mean, what a game. I mean, this is the one of the games that you just look at it and definitely one of the classic NFL games of this season. Obviously, I think one of the most best games that the Saints played, excuse me, I think it was just very, it was a really good game, just overall, well-played football, a couple of penalties. I think the refs definitely had some questionable calls on both sides, but overall, you got to give it to the Steelers. They played a great game, but the Saints just played a little bit better, made a couple more big plays, and they got the win. So first, we're going to start with notes, then go to some storylines, and then go to our group-by-group recap as we're going to grade every group for the Saints here, A to F, and we'll start with some notes, and look, the Saints clinched the number one seed in the NFC, and the playoffs are going through New Orleans now, that's huge, and I think that just means so much, to have a playoff game in the Dome, not just one, but two potentially, being in the divisional round, and then the NFC Championship if they advance, it's, look, in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era, they never lost a playoff game at home. That's obviously a clear fact. A lot of Saints fans know that. But then when you put it on top of it, when the Saints go on the road, they're not very successful. I think they only have one home uh, road playoff win, excuse me, in their whole um, history. So when you look at that, to be able to have all home playoff games, it's just a great feeling. It's not like this team can't win on the road. I think this is one of the best road teams in Saints history. But when you look at it, you just love to see – Every game going to be in the Superdome from here on out until potentially Atlanta, which is, I think, just it's huge. And especially how this offense plays at home and even how this defense plays. To me, they fly much faster on defense to the ball at home there. Another note is Mark Ingram passes Deuce McAllister for the most rushing TDs in his Saints career. That's just amazing. Mark Ingram, he's been kind of like a rock for the Saints team for a long time. And look, in those heavy boxes that the Steelers were putting up against the Saints, he was able to run, and he was able to run pretty successfully. Now, the numbers may not look that good for him. I mean, you know, I don't think he even broke 50 yards in this game, but it was enough to get the boxes to be a little less when the Saints passed it, which is really big, and especially that's big for Kamara, too. With When you have those heavy boxes, you're allowed to pass it then, play action, that was big. And then also, they started to then cover the pass. That means less men in the box. And then Kamara is able to run it a little better, too. He had a really good game, but you got to give it to Ingram. Kamara, he tied Dalton Hilliard excuse me, for the most touchdowns in Saints history with 18. That was obviously really big. I mean, look, he had over 100 scrimmage yards, excuse me, again. And when you look at it, just, I mean, amazing stuff. The Saints didn't run the ball amazing when you look at it. I mean, 19 carries, 57 yards, about three yards a carry. But they did have three touchdowns, and they converted in the red zone. You knew the Saints offense was definitely better today because how good they were in the red zone, four for four in the red zone. And when it mattered most, they were able to punch the ball in. And I think the offense just played really good. I mean, Breeze now, he extends his record to have the most fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives 
that's just amazing. According to Pro Football uh, Reference, excuse me, he has now 51 game-winning drives. That is a lot of game winners when you look back at it. He's such a clutch QB. And look, I have no doubt that Breeze was able to, especially after their um, fourth down that they went for the fake punt and they missed, I had no doubt that Breeze was going to bring us back and score. I mean, it was kind of methodical. It wasn't really methodical until they got that huge pass again and then they were able to get get right down the field there. But it kind of looked that way. He had a drop pass by um, Kirkwood. But all Breeze's passes were very on point, and it did look kind of methodical. I mean, I know that it may not seem that way because they did get into a third and 20, and you're like, damn, that doesn't look it was pretty sloppy. But, I mean, Breeze, he just was really good. They went right down the field and scored, and then the defense held him out. That was really good as well. Defense, two forced fumbles in the fourth quarter. That is huge. This defense could get turnovers in the fourth quarter when it matters most, and that's why the Saints are so successful in the fourth quarter. When you look at it, um, they outscored the Steelers in the fourth quarter today, and they've been just an amazing fourth quarter team because they're able to make the clutch plays when needed to be. And today it was Kirk Coleman who made his vintage play as a Saint when he had the fumble on Stephen Ridley. And then also you had the, the, the punt when they ran it, didn't get it. That's another huge play. It's basically like a turnover. And then finally, Sheldon Rankins in back in covers. And that's why you, know, you can't really question uh, Dennis Allen anymore for putting his uh, defensive lineman back in coverage because he made a play like that to win us the game and give us the number one seed. Sheldon Rankin's got to give it off to him. So that was really good stuff there. This is the first time the Saints got to 30 points in three games. That's obviously really big. And you know, when you look at it, I think this offense, they got right back on track. And that transitioned us well to our storylines. So our first storyline was, can the offense get back on track at home? You know, when we look at these storylines, we make them on the preview episode and we basically answer them for our recap episode. And look, I think the offense got right back where it needed to be much more efficient. Not that many penalties, which was big. Had a little of a lull in the third quarter where they didn't, they couldn't really sustain drives. Um, a couple of sacks uh, were big. They were starting to get to the QB in the Steelers were. So, look, and the, we just had to withstand their run, and that's kind of what you have to do with these teams. The Rams, we did it earlier, and the Steelers now. They're very similar teams. Withstand their run, and then you'll be able to win the game, and they were able to do that. And the offense, look, when it came up most, they came through a lot. In the beginning of the game, they played really good. Penalties helped them out a little, but you still got to convert on those penalties, and they were able to do that time and time again. And that's what just shows a great team. You know, you got to capitalize off – um, misplays by the other team, and the Saints are just so good at doing that. On to our next storyline. You know, will the defense be able to continue their great play against a great offense in the Steelers? And this is where, look, they've still improved because earlier in the season, this would have been a 45. They would have given up 45 points, maybe even a 50-burger. But they were able to get turnovers, and that's why they were able to only give up 28 points, which I said, if the Saints were able to hold them under 30, the Saints were going to win. If not, it's going to be a lot more dicey, and they were able to hold them, hold the Steelers under 30, and they were able to get the win. And it happened because of just opportune turnovers, really, because you look at the back end, didn't really play that well. A couple of players played well, but, I mean, Antonio Brown had a day against Lattimore. A lot of zone coverage, which I just didn't like, especially in the third quarter. I would have went man-to-man and blitzed a little more. We couldn't get to the QB a lot and until the fourth quarter, until we had to play basically men because we were losing in the game, and then the defense started playing better. We played really good in the first quarter and played really good in the fourth quarter. 
And if you're going to pick two quarters to play good in, those are the best two. And I think the defense did that. So, look, they didn't play like a top 10 defense. They probably played like a bottom 10 defense. But the Steelers are a really good team. Their offensive line is like the best in the league. And they were able to stop our pass rush. And then you have to look at it that their wide receivers, I mean, look, we played a lot of great wide receiving corps, but this is just a really good one, elite one. I mean, I know Smith-Schuster had a big fumble at the end of the game, but he was really good. And A.B., he's the best receiver in the game, and he showed it. Him and Michael Thomas, they both had great games as two of the best receivers in the league. And to me, it was just a great, just a good job by this defense to hold the Steelers and contain them. Because that's what they did. Um, They weren't able to do a great job. They gave up a lot of big plays, excuse me. They weren't able to really contain the big plays, which was a problem early in the season. Communication was a problem, which was a problem earlier. But when you look at it, this um, defense did enough to win. And they made a lot of big plays that they weren't making earlier in the season. So to me, it shows that the defense has grown. And look, we're probably not going to play an offense like this besides the Rams again. And then maybe if we played in the Super Bowl and we had to play the the Chiefs or the Patriots or something like that, even the Patriots' offense is not as high octane as this team. So when you look at it, this is probably the best offense we're going to face. And we did a pretty good job. Look, it wasn't an amazing job, but as good as the Steelers' offense is, look, to me, if they had Bell or if they even had James Conner, they would probably have won this game because they can't run the ball anymore with Jalen Samuels back there. But when you look at it, it's just for them – it kind of stinks for them that they had to lose Bell because that offense is just missing a run game, and they would be elite. I think Juju's gotten better from last year. But when you look at it, they just didn't do enough on offense, and they had penalties too, and it drove them back. And the Saints, when it came for this defense, when it came to crunch time, they stepped up, and that was really big. And our final storyline is how the offensive line is going to do against the pressure and then it's because the Steelers, excuse me, have a really good defensive line, and they did a good job. They had a little um, bad job in the third quarter, a little couple of bad drives. But when you look at it, the depth was tested again with Taron Armstead going out, which we'll get into a little later, and they stepped up. And you got to give it to Andrews Pete moving over to left tackle and playing a really good job. And then also you got to give it to Will Clapp coming in here and playing, I mean, a pretty solid game, especially for a seventh-round rookie. So if you put it all in context, they did a good job and they gave Breeze enough time to throw, especially on that third down and 20 to Ginn. You know, Breeze had all the time in the world. It was a long developing route and they were able to give Breeze time to get get it to Ginn, who's really just wide open. It was a really nice play call by Sean Payton. And to me, offensive line just did enough and did a lot of good things and they did enough to win. And it was just a really good job by them. And look, as much as the Pittsburgh um, O-line is one of the best in the league, and I gave them the edge, and they definitely probably played better, but our offensive line did not play bad by any means. So you got to give it to them, especially the depth pieces with Will Clapp there. So now on to our group-by-group recap. We'll start with QB, and we'll finish with the coaching um, groups in the middle. We have the skill position, O-line, D-line, linebacker, and secondary. And... When you look at it, we're going to start with QB. I'm going to give Breeze an A-. minus. To me, back to his MVP form, a really good game. I would have gave him an A, but in the third quarter, they were in, They got a lot of pressure on him, and he kind of reverted a little back to the Cowboys game in that sense. I mean, it, it seemed like, as a Saints fan, that the, the roof was falling and caving in on this team. Just They were giving up scores, and they couldn't score back. And 
it just it didn't look like it seemed to be this game. And then that fourth quarter switch came on and Breeze played a really good fourth quarter. A minus, maybe you want to pump him up to an A because that was a great last drive and he drove him down and that was an MVP performance. You know, he's the MVP, he wants to show it, and he did show it. And that was a really big game, especially Mahomes not playing that good Sunday night. This may put Breeze back in front or maybe it'll be a co-MVP, some people were saying, which I think would be kind of interesting. But to me... A really good job by Breeze. He played an outstanding game. And look, that, that's how he's going to play in the playoffs. Probably maybe even a little better than that. That third quarter struggle, it wasn't perfect, but he was good. And he was amazing. Back to the vintage Drew Breeze. So he played really good there. The skill position players onto our next group. They played, to me, lights out. I don't think I can ask any more from these guys, especially maybe running the ball a little better. But when we got behind, we couldn't run the ball as much. When you look at it, I mean, Alvin Kamara was a total animal tonight he played so good I mean he was filthy some of the cuts he was making his balance is outstanding it was just a really good job by him Mark Ingram was able to get a touchdown when the Saints needed it converted to get the TV he ran the ball with um stacked boxes and was able to have a lot of positive gains that was really good they ran the ball really strong at the beginning of the game they set the tone and that was really big for the offense Michael Thomas I mean this is what just Ted Ginn does because we'll get to take it in a little bit but Micah Thomas, he was able to get open a lot, got a lot more one-on-one opportunities and zone opportunities, and he found the spot in the zone where he beat the one-on-one coverage, and it was almost like it was too easy, wide open, because that's how good he is. And when you look at his line with having, I mean, I believe it was 10 catches and over 100 yards, I mean, that's just amazing. When you look at it, yeah, he had 11 catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. That's amazing. When you look at that, that's one of the – plays and you're looking at it uh, performances excuse me when you're gonna look back on the season and be like Mike Thomas is just an animal it was one of those games it was how he's probably gonna play in the playoffs that's how he has been playing in the playoffs when you look at it um he especially last playoffs played great just like this and it was very similar and he was able to get open he was clutch when the Saints needed a clutch catch he got it and that was just really big for Michael Thomas, and he got back to his form because he had a couple games where he wasn't so good there. When you look at Ted Ginn, I mean, look, he had five catches, 75 yards, and coming back from the injury, and he was just outstanding. This is what the Saints needed, and he stepped up. The Saints needed that one more player, and Ted Ginn seems like he will be that player, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he was getting one-on-one coverage, zone coverage, same, same thing, and he was able to get open, and it gives him just a deep opportunity and just have a player that can take the ball take the top off of defense, excuse me. That's just really big. And I think Ted Ginn was key. Obviously had the huge catch on uh, third and 20 where it looked like he was going to go to the end zone and just cut in and he was wide open, no one even near him. So that was obviously really big there. Uh, Keith Kirkwood had a huge drop, but besides that, he had a couple of really clutch catches. So you got to give it to him there. Josh Hill had a couple of catches and look, him hanging on to the ball. He's getting to that playoff Josh Hill mode. So overall, this group just played absolutely outstanding. Got to give them an A, A+. Just an amazing job by them. On to our O-line. I'm going to give them a B plus because to me, they did give up pressure. But when you look at it, how they're constructed right now, a couple of injuries, it looked really good. I mean, down two left tackles, you come in there and you're really – and they were able to protect Breeze's blind side pretty nicely if you look at it. I mean, only I believe there were two sacks on Breeze, but – I mean, besides that, that's just really good. Yeah, he had two sacks but on him. But to me, offensive line, they were really good. Um, you got to give it to Will Clapp, Andrews Pete moving over. It, it's really good. when you. I mean, and everyone, it was really just a whole 
the whole line got jumbled. Larry Walford got moved, and Ryan Ranchak got hurt, came back in, and was outstanding. So, to me, just a really good job there by the offensive line. They weren't as good as the Steelers' offensive line, but they were good enough to win. They played really solid, and it was a good performance. Now on to our D-line group, and look, they didn't play very good today. I mean, in the fourth quarter, they played very, very strong, and in the first quarter, they played pretty good, but overall, just not that good of a showing there. I'm going to give them a C-plus because they got no pressure. At the end of the day, they got manhandled by the offensive line for the Steelers. I mean, when you look at it, <laughs> Cameron Jordan, he had a couple of nice plays on the run and a couple of nice tackles for the losses, ended up with one and a half tackle for losses, but no sacks. And he got uh, Big Ben once. Um, he hit him, but just look, Big Ben got the pass away and completed it. But looking at it, I mean, no one was able to, from the D-line was able to really get sacks. Tyler Davidson had one sack. It was a nice sack. He, like, held Big Ben's leg and took him down. But besides that, they were really non-existent. They did stop the runs. So that's why it's not a complete F or D or anything like that. So you got to give them the credit there. But overall, kind of non-existent. Marcus Davenport. Really, in the last couple of weeks have been non-existent. Um, they're giving more snaps to Alex Okafor, who played okay tonight, really good against the run. So you got to give it to him there. But overall, not that strong by this off- uh, defensive line. Fourth quarter, look, maybe you give him a B- minus because they finished out the game. Sheldon Rankins on the D-line had a huge force fumble. Um, so that was really big when you look at it. On the, the third down and two, they got a nice push for Kirk Coleman to come in there and... Uh, have the force fumble. That was really good. So in the fourth quarter, they played a very solid game. But overall, it just wasn't a very strong effort by them. Look, they didn't lose the game. They didn't play anything. They didn't play that bad, but it was not a strong effort. When you look at the linebackers, I'm going to give them – I think they played solid. I'm going to give them a B+. Plus. Um, when you look at it, they basically got all the pressure on blitzes by, by these linebackers with Demario Davis had a huge sack. It was like a second and five, and they were probably going to drive down the field again. And – he has a huge sack, brings down Big Ben to get to get a third and 15. We stop him on third down, and then they do their fake punt miss, and then we get our offensive drive to win the game. So to me, that's just a huge sack. He's flying over the field the whole game, making tackles when they were doing screens and stuff like that. You know, we really got beat on the deep ball, and look, we'll get to that with the secondary. But overall, the linebackers, that second level, played very strong. Alex Anzalone flying over the field. Him, Von Bell, they just fly over the field. It's so fun to watch. And you get to, and then you get the rest of the players to rally to the tackler. It's 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 great to watch, and you know you got to be proud if you're a Saints fan there, because look, teams in the past didn't do that for the Saints, and now they're hungry and they want to make tackles. So that's really big there. Even AJ Klein, he didn't have obviously his best game, but he played pretty good as well. Had a couple of nice tackles. So overall, they played very solid. Got to give them a B plus, maybe even any minus, because that to me they played really good, and they were definitely the best group on this defense. And then on to our last group on the defense, the secondary, and they just played poor. They were probably the worst group out of everyone. Oh, for the Saints, I'm going to give them a C minus. It was communication. When the communication was there, they weren't bad. And they were holding the Steelers first quarter, fourth quarter. They played pretty good. But those middle quarters were it, – it looked like it was week one in Tampa against Tampa Bay. They And look, obviously, Steelers are a great offense, and they had a great job scheming. But – they were able to every deep ball. It was like AB and Smith Schuster. It was just too it was too easy, and they went down the field so easy. It was like one drive it was Big Ben, and one drive it was Juju. It was bad. And when you look at it, to me, who did really good on this secondary? Von Bell did really good on the secondary, and then also um, PJ Williams. 
uh, did a good job in the slot. He had a huge play on AB, actually, to stop them to, um, I believe they went for it or it was a field goal. No, it was actually it was a field goal. And they obviously kicked the field goal. It was good, but it was a really good play by um, PJ to stop AB on. It was like a third and two screen pass, and he came up. He's a really good tackler, and it was a really good play there. Lattimore looked strong on the man-to-man, and then they went to zone, and he was just – the communication with him has just not been that good this year. Maybe that's what it is, but I would like the Saints to play on oh, man. I think Eli Apple's better than man in man. I think Lattimore's better in man. And even on – the biggest um, communication error was on the touchdown to Antonio Brown, and it was him and Kirk Coleman, and it was like, who should guard him? And it ended up being wide open. He ran right past our defense. It was just a fly route, and that can't happen. But the one thing I got to give to the secondary, they clamped up when they needed to, and they made a couple of big plays, um, especially when you're looking at Kirk Coleman made his signature play as a Saints when he got the fumble on Stephon Ridley, uh, Stephen Ridley, excuse me. So good job to get those big plays when needed. They had a couple of big stops. Um, they were able to contain them in the first quarter, contain them in the fourth quarter, but those middle quarters were not good, and that's really going to be the consensus for this group. So now on to our final um, group, and that's going to be the coaching and special teams together. To me, coaching A+, plus. Sean Payton, what a job. It was like a chess match between him and Mike Tomlin, because Mike Tomlin had a really good coaching day too. But Sean Payton, he pushed all the right buttons in this game. The only play I don't really agree with him on was the Taysom throw deep in the first quarter, which, I mean, could have lost us the game because we were driving and then throwing with Taysom. To me, it just didn't make sense. But um, he got too much air under it. But overall, I think he did a really good job coaching. I mean, almost flawless job. So he does, gets his A-plus. Really good job by Sean Payton there. And then special teams, to me, it's a B-plus. I mean, they have the block kick that, again, could have lost us the game if we lost by three points. But when you look at it, I mean, Thomas Moore said, but he give him an A. Because he, I mean, it was like back-to-back great punts. He's like, oh, yeah, you want me to get inside the five? He did it twice. I mean, when you look at that, that's just an amazing job by Morstead, and who was down there both times? Justin Hardy. He played really good, too. Um, the Saints were able to, besides the block pump, they kicked the ball really good. Um, obviously, a big extra point to put the Saints up by three when they scored the go-ahead touchdown. That was big. But besides that, B-plus, maybe an A-minus, but that block kick definitely brings their grade down because that the, uh, the line on that, they completely manhandled us. It was not good there. But overall, really good game by the Saints. you got to give it off to this team because they just played outstanding, and that was a playoff-type game, and they won it. They were able to grind it out, show another way you can win, because then this time it was more of a good classic game shootout type, and they were able to win it. So that was really big there, and I'm hoping the defense shores it up. It's communication. If they can get those communication things worked out, and it has in the weeks past, and it's been really good, but this week communication was lackluster, and it definitely showed there. So now onto our Houdat Nation. Fan questions. We have two questions this week, and we're just going to get right into them. Our first question was asked by Hudat231343, and he asked, who do you think we will play in the playoffs? So now we have the one seed, so we're going to play the lowest seed in the divisional round, so whoever that may be. Um, I think the Bears will win, um, and I think they're going to get the three seed, and they're going to win their first game, whoever they play. I think even if they play the Eagles, who are coming in hot, but... I'd be surprised if the Eagles win again and have that big underdog. But we could either play the sixth seed, fourth or fifth seed. And to me, that's either looking that's looking like the Cowboys, Seahawks, or Vikings, maybe the Eagles. And to me, out of all those teams, I'd either 
I kind of want to see the Vikings just to beat them in the divisional round. It'll be at our house. Hopefully it'll be a, a little easier to beat them there. And they, to me, they haven't really beat any good team. So if they're going to make the playoffs, I don't think, I really don't think they'll be able to beat us. I would maybe, but you know, you never know in the playoffs, but I definitely the least scared of them. Then Eagles coming in hot. I mean, I know we beat them by 41, which will, I would be fine seeing them too. I'd be confident and I'd be really okay with that. And then you look at the other two games, other two teams, excuse me, with the Cowboys who we lost to and the Seahawks. To me, I think in the Dome, we would beat these teams, I think. At their place, maybe not because then we would have to play more defensive games and stuff like that. But in the Dome, I think we'll be able to win those games. High flying, we'll be able to score a little easier. And I think that's the same if we play the Bears. I think the only, again, I've said this in the past, the only team that kind of like, you know, they can beat us. I think the Bears can do it. And I think the Rams can do it. Rams have not been playing good lately. So maybe that gets gives us another edge against them. I know we beat them, and I, we could beat them again easily at the Dome. But you got to be a little scared of them. Their offense is so high octane that you never know what happens there. But also, you know, looking at the Bears, their defense is shut down. So we would have to play really good there. But I think both of those teams, they turn the ball over a little bit with their offenses, and I think we'll be able to capitalize off that. And that's the same with Dak Prescott. I think, you know, if, if we can get turnovers, we'll be able to win that game. Russell Wilson, they're kind of a wild card, and you never know what you're going to see. The defense has been up and down. The offense has been up and down. They're playing good right now, but that switch could definitely flip down. So, look, I'd be fine. I'm really confident against anyone with the one seed. We're 13-2. and you got to be confident. But um, overall, I think those are the teams who are going to play there. I mean, when you look at it, having home field advantage is a huge thing for the Saints. And I think it's vital, and they did it, and they accomplished it. So that's really good there. And then on to our final question by Saints from and Saints fan from NY, excuse me. And he said, do you think that Gim will be back in the regular season? And do you think he'll be ready to go for the playoffs and everything like that? So obviously Gim was back. I mean, I just want to answer this question because he did ask it. He probably knows that Gin is back now. But I'm going to kind of turn this question is, how vital is Gin? And I think it showed because he is so vital. And when you look at it, I mean, amazing what he does for this offense. He's able to stretch the field. And then that lead, and then Michael Thomas goes right under, excuse me, in those crossing routes. And then he makes big plays. And that, that's what the Saints were doing earlier in the season. And it came back. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> Ted Ginn's playing. And maybe people don't think, oh, Ted Ginn's not a good receiver, yada, yada, yada. He's very vital to this team, and I think it showed against the Steelers. And they're not a bad team. They're a pretty good defense, and they are about an average defense, and they're a very good offense. And we beat them in a playoff. They were playing really nothing to lose. They were playing to win this game because they needed it. They were a must-win game. We were in a must-win game. They were, and we still beat them. So I think that shows what the Saints did there. And it shows how vital Guinness. I mean, look, this offense came back 31 points and a good showing there. So... With all that said, I think it's time to just talk about one more thing, and it is kind of some news because we just hear, as we're recording this podcast, that it looks like Teddy Bridgewater will start Week 17, so we'll get to see Teddy there. We'll get to see something else besides his dance moves, and um, look, that's I'm fine with that. I don't want Breeze to play, and that's just really big, so I'm very happy that Bridgewater starting. I am a full component of sitting starters. We're going to talk about that in our next episode and our preview episode against the Panthers, but I just wanted to put that out. And then also the Redskins did cut their star cornerback, DJ Swearinger, who's a really good player. So maybe the Saints take a look at him. I think we'll also be talking about that on Friday. 
maybe they'll take a chance on him. He's been known to be a locker room um, mishap kind of. Uh, not He's just maybe a little of a disease there. He was in that locker room. He was making fun of coaches and stuff like that. But when you're winning, those things kind of go away. So we'll see. Maybe if the Saints pick him up, maybe not. I just saw that news. I have to do some <laughs> studying for him, excuse me, see what he really brings to the table. Look, when you look at his stats, they're really good. So um, you got to look what he does. Does he fit our scheme? Maybe take a look at him, take a visit. You never know. He would only really have to play in the playoffs. I think he probably wants to play for a playoff team. But that was a really surprising move. I just wanted to talk about that. And he could be a possible fit for the Saints. So very interesting stuff there. But now I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. So if you enjoy this podcast and this episode and you haven't followed us on our various platforms, you can follow us on Twitter at the this, on Instagram at Discussion, on Podomatic at the Discussion, And then also you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Google Play channel, our Spotify channel, or our iTunes channel at the Discussion on there. Please like, comment, rate us, review us. All that stuff is well appreciated. Just you know, look, if you like it, leave us a rate us, rate us, give us a good rating. And if you have something to work on, definitely comment us below. If you think that we need to work on something and people have said that in the past and it's just been really helpful. So if you see something, definitely say something there because I just want to get better at, you know, doing this podcast, want to make it as professional as possible. So any feedback is definitely welcomed there. So, look, Saints are the one seed. I'm so happy. I think every, all Saints fans are happy. I mean, they're, like, partying outside the Superdome yesterday. It's a Chapa style. I mean, we're hitting the Sean Payton in the locker room. That took a um, – came us back. We were playing that's on the locker room. We didn't do that since last year, and we're finally – we kind of brought it back, kind of like um, a nod to last year's team. And he hit the Sean Payton. It was – I mean, you got to laugh. It was just – it gets everyone hyped. And, look, we got the one seed – and look, going in, everyone enjoy their holiday. Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. And just with all that said, I wanted to say thank you, prove them right, and who dat.